Hey everybody, I'm Paige. And I'm Chris. And welcome to Animates. Today we will be wrapping up our animation renaissance season with a discussion of the limited series, Steven Universe Future. It is a full season's worth of Steven Universe. Um, it's 20 episodes long, so uh, we've been doing previous seasons sort of like as duos, so we had a lot to talk about. And there is a lot packed into this particular run, so it's, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's like less. It's probably got as much or more to discuss than two seasons usually does. A lot of that's not really plot-centered either necessarily so it's uh gonna be an interesting ride yeah for sure i would say this it doesn't start off as strong but it finishes strong in terms of content it's think of it as an unraveling spool of yarn it doesn't start quickly but you know things start to get picked apart and then you know, things just kind of very quickly fall apart after a certain point. Yeah, basically. Uh, so with this, I don't think that there's too much to say about cast or production team because it's virtually the same. Any notable departures were that we, we already mentioned when we discussed the movie. And it's it's the same. The voice cast is the same. It's the same. You know, um, there are a couple of new cute characters, but they don't really do much. They're just around to be cute. Like, uh, what is it? Laramar? Laramar is very funny. I like their screams. <laughs> <laughs> the screams bring me so much joy. <laughs> he likes, he thinks laughter sounds like screams, but then real screams are bad. It's a very gem approach to talking about human joy. Yeah. Um, so, but it's mostly the exact same characters that we, you know, all the same characters that were present by the time we got through the movie. Those are the same characters that we're dealing with, voiced by the same people and the same production team. Rebecca Sugar also led the project. She is listed as the creator. She was the executive producer. So she, this wasn't something, I don't know, sometimes series do this thing where like they, they do an epilogue or do something afterwards where the, the showrunner or whatever has already departed. This was not that. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It's almost like it, um, I assume, I'm just going to assume that people who listen to our podcast are familiar with anime. It's almost like a, like, just, like, a lot of OVAs, you know? Dude, okay, I we watched fucking Madoka Magica, but we didn't watch the movie. This is, like, the Madoka Magica movie. Um, sure, we did watch the Madoka Magica movie. Did we? Oh, my yeah. God, that's so fucking long ago, Paige. Um, years, literal years. Literal years. So, okay, if we did then like this show does actually fills a very similar niche because it like Minoka Magica wraps up and it's kind of supposed to be like a bittersweet happy ending and Steven Universe is supposed to be a mostly happy ending and then the movie slash epilogue series comes along and it's just like just kidding everything is terrible 
So yeah, I, I mean because it really addresses the idea something it that could have been potentially a, a weakness for Steven Universe, the movie and particularly future really address, which is the idea that like, I'm sorry, I don't care how sensitive and mature and in touch with his feelings this kid is. You can't go through that kind of shit as a kid and be like, okay, you know, <laughs> like it's going, there are going to be problems, you know? I have been internally phrasing it as the Rebecca, I'll, I'll say it. Rebecca Sugar, I know there are other writers, but like she in particular taking responsibility for the series. Like taking responsibility for the, you know, all of the things that were written about this person and the effects that it would have on a real person. Whereas like you could sort of wash your hands of it and just, you know, write a happy ending to a series and not address that stuff. But this is. An this kind of felt like an opportunity to go back and say, okay, well, let's, you know, let's address all these things that we did and how they should play out in the context of a real person. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I guess let's just do, you know, a quick little plot summary, like go in order a little bit, basically. So we open up and... Little Homeworld is established as a community. They have a concept called Little Homeschool, where they, <clears throat> all of the sort of Steven and the gems he's grown up with and other gems who are like established in their lives on Earth, work together and teach newly arrived gems about what it's like to live on Earth and how to be your own person and things like that. And Steven is heavily involved, basically. He runs it. And it seems like it's going really well. But the longer you go on with it, it's you realize that, like, oh, Steven is really overworking himself. Like, he's working way more than any 16-year-old should be working. And it's, it's too many commitments for him. <laughs> This is something that I felt was particularly interesting given the conversation that we had about the movie where he is sort of like a, a center for this ethos of always be changing. And if you're not constantly changing or working towards something that it's like the same as stagnation or regression and... We could have had a problem with that, but I feel like at the beginning of Future, they kind of they kind of do a 180. I don't know if it was intentional, but Steven himself try like really struggles with the actual reality of a changing world. And he experiences a lot of issues with trying to adjust. For 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 totally normal teenager reasons, but also for like trauma reasons. So it's interesting that like Future paints such a neat little package for Steven, as problematic as it is, and then or the movie, and then Future kind of like shits all over it. Yeah, it's it's basically like. 
<clears throat> the, all of the criticisms that we had of this concept of like, I have to change, I have to always be changing, kind of come home to roost at some point in future. I think that maybe she thought about it a little bit <laughs> and we're like, was like, oh. <laughs> That's yeah, that's kind of what it felt like to me was like, wait, I, like if you if you have a fucking moment, it it kind of makes me think that that was not at, like either there. I feel like there are two possibilities. Either they never really thought that all along and it was the layout of the movie that just kind of forced that into a very quick pigeonhole or there was time to kind of step back and go let's well let's kind of like see how much fucking weight that puts on a 16 year old and then um address the consequences of of, of that and change you know change it a little bit so i i don't know which it is i'd like to think that it's the former because that means that she was always aware she just didn't have room enough to to really let that land correctly in the movie yeah, because so basically what ends up happening is after a while of him being like way overcommitted and then realizing that like, hey, everybody else is like moving on with their lives. They're they're doing new things. They're moving on to the next thing. They don't need you to solve their problems. So that freaks him out as well. Um, he has a huge meltdown about it. <laughs> um and he decides that he should quit doing little homeschool because maybe it's not his calling or or whatever. Um, and but that does not help him stop freaking out about everybody moving on and doing new things. He continues to feel really weird about it for a significant amount of time. And I, I feel like there's a lot going on in terms of uh, so some the. It's sort of like at the beginning, there are a couple of developments that they don't seem troubling. They kind of seem like what a teenager would be going through. So, for example, Steven starts to experience issues with anger, which many people do when they are developing. Like, not necessarily they are angry people, but you're dealing with more powerful emotions. And some of those emotions are, are newer. So Steven is starting to... The first episode is like about him and Jasper and him getting mad that Jasper won't just like do kind of do what he thinks gems should be doing, which is like being a part of the homeschool community. And he ends up letting out his anger and fighting her, which is something that old Steven didn't really get very angry very often. And when he did, it was for usually pretty, understandable reasons um so we've got development of new emotions i feel like there's the fear of missing out which is a thing that's studied a lot now uh the aptly named fomo <laughs> <laughs> i freaking love that acronym it's good it's it's helpful but steven like steven is it's not just that people are moving on i think I I will later have a lot to say about like what happens to people who are fighters when their identity becomes wrapped up in fighting. Um, 
But needless to say, Steven's having identity issues. He's having direction issues, some of which, by the way, are just like. 16 year olds should not have to decide what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. I still feel like there's a distinct issue here that nobody ever says to Steven, you don't need to not even you don't need to know, like you don't need to be searching for what it is you're going to do forever. Like if, if there's one weakness Mm-hmm. It that and this kind of suggests the second option of the the movie that we talked about earlier. It's that this idea, like, why the fuck does Steven not hear from anyone? Dude, you are 16 years old. You should focus on talking to people and having fun and learning and don't worry about who you need to be or where you need to be or what project you need to be working on. Like, just be a fucking kid. Well, be a teenager. Yeah. Like, the closest he gets to hearing that is actually from Connie when... um he proposes to her which yes he does it's insane it's an insane thing that he does and she's like we're really young you know when she says you know rationally no she's like we're really young and that's the closest really anybody gets to saying like dude you're like you're 16 years old you don't you don't have to and greg says a couple of things about like oh well like lots of people like feel these things about like you know you know, figuring themselves out and who you who you are and who you want to be like this is all completely natural like greg does say that but like yeah no one says like well like have you considered just like having some hobbies you you know like (laughs) yeah have you have you tried taking a pottery class yeah like i think you might really enjoy that um he, he actually does try and take up a hobby But because he's like not he's not dealing with his issues. So it's like a disaster. Like basically the major theme of this series is that Steven tries to do something that he thinks will fix all of his problems. But the thing that he is doing is not actually addressing his problems. So it is a disaster. Yeah, there's okay. So once we get to about I think it's like episode eight. The series becomes really like I okay. I will say there are times where I would not describe my experience with this show as in enjoyable is not the right like it was enjoyable like it was good quality. Well, no, there were some times where I was just like I'm not having fun watching what is happening because I will say like that emotional maturity that you see in Steven Universe in in the original run that is always kind of bulwarked by cuteness by a little bit of like Brady Bunch-esque at the end of the episode, the family comes together and they're like, oh, we love each other kind of stuff. This series is like, no, it's like isolating and anxiety fueled. And they're all real understandable anxieties. Um, And everybody is making emotional mistakes left and right like totally reasonable ones but still it's like not fu- it's not fun to watch a bunch of people have emotional problems and yeah and make the mistakes that people make in real life yeah but at the same time something that is interesting about this show is that steven acts his age uh which is something that was very much not how 
the original run was it's something that really unsettles my boyfriend and that's kind of why he doesn't like the show is he's like why does this 14 year old behave in many ways like an eight-year-old you know um but also in many other ways like a 40-year-old right yeah so i i definitely think this push like steven has this big desire to appear as if nothing is wrong which I, I don't know. I remember being a teenager and, and feeling concerned with like worrying my parents, but also needing help. It, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I described the way it makes, <laughs> I described the last like 12 episodes as like a bundle of snakes. It feels like a bundle, like being in next to a bag of a bundle of snakes. It's hissing and it's writhing and you can't look away because one of the snakes might escape, but they're in the bag, so they're not going to hurt you, right? <laughs> Very complex metaphor for how it felt um, squirmy. I felt squirmy watching a lot of episodes. Because um, so much of it centers around just like that. You, when you're a teenager, every fucking problem feels like it's the end of the world. And... That exacerbated by PTSD just sounds really, it's just, it was very intense for me watching it. Yeah, I think we also get some interesting insight. Like, so as he devolves, Stephen begins to get angry at and lash out at every caretaker and authority figure in his life. And each time he thinks, like, this person will be able to help me. And when he doesn't feel better after he talks to them, he decides that it's their fault somehow. Um, so, for instance, the first when he first it start when it first starts to be evidenced that, like, he's not OK and needs some help. It's his his dad comes to help him and they go on a road trip together and we get some interesting DeMeo family background. Because he takes Stephen to his childhood home, to Greg's childhood home, and he talks a lot about, but in pretty vague terms, about his own childhood, and basically having really strict parents and how he felt he needed to get away and rebel because he felt really stifled and like he was always being shamed for everything about himself and so he escaped from that and suddenly you realize oh that's why greg is the type of parent that he is right and then steven never knew that he had grandparents available to him and because he's not feeling good he and because he just has witnessed all this and that this thing that his dad thought might help him feel better isn't making him feel any better and so he's like, you know what? Actually, it's your fault. It's your fault that this is this is happening to me because you should have been a more normal parent and really, really lashes out at Greg like a lot. I yeah, I had things to say about Greg's situation, but that episode is like where where things go from. Oh, no, th things are wrong to. Oh, no, things are wrong. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> it just Stephen's demeanor is completely takes the fork down um, from like, oh no, I'm having issues to I'm slow. I'm going to explode. 
I'm having adult-sized issues. I'm having adult-sized issues. Uh, mm-hmm. And before that, he he had lashed out at the gems, albeit indirectly through a cactus. Yes. But, you know, the, the series is so interesting because, like, on one hand, it, it does sort of normal, fun epilogue things, like showing where people are going and how they've developed and changed. And, oh, like, quite a bit of it's a lot of fun. But... On on the other end, there's this undercurrent that picks up steam at about the the DeMeo episode where Stephen just it feels like all of the past traumas being dredged up in in ways because his support system is to his eyes kind of falling apart. So that's kind of like how things unfold across is like. Here's the world. It's pretty cool. But also Stephen is devolving over time. Um, until eventually it like every episode is like a serious issue where he is losing control of his physical body or he lashes out in anger and it's like destructive because his powers are responding to his anxiety and his anger. The Pearl episode in particular is very troubling um, yeah, that's pretty early on. So Steven isn't it's kind of like it foreshadows what is going to happen with Steven, but also just says some really troubling additional shit about his mom. Yeah, as if there weren't already <laughs> enough complexities to Pink Diamond that we've dealt with forever. We learned that before she got a colony that she, you know, she was a I read it. An abuser. She was. It's hard because it almost seems more like she was a child. Like, mm-hmm. if you gave a toddler power, they would hurt people. So it's, yeah. It 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 it's because diamonds draw. Like it's so weird because of the gym issues. Like, she clearly hurt people and abuser is like that went through my head is like she act like she she did the thing that a lot of abusers do where it's like they get angry they hurt somebody then they apologize and then it's sort of like a cycle and it's bad but pink also was shown to be in many ways incredibly childlike and was always infantilized by other people Mm -hmm. so explode like having poor emotional regulation tracks yeah. with them so like it- i guess the reason i said abuser is because of the way her original pearl talks about it is like literally like if you like read a textbook on like how abuse victims talk like she talked exactly like that and so that's why i chose that particular word yes the the pearl is like Nothing's wrong with her gem. She's mm-hmm. mentally cracked, basically, yeah. and it's like showing up on her eye. Um, so it's, I do think the way that they resolve it gives more credence to the idea that like we're supposed to kind of see Pink as at best she hurt people because of her poor control. Like at worst, it was really just sort of like a metaphor for. People dealing with past abuse. So I, I, 
I'm not I don't have a dog in either fight particularly. They both Yeah. I, I they yeah, both can be but red. Like, it's also like when you look back on it, it's like kind of important for what happens with Steven for the rest of the season because she starts talking about like, oh, because of her destructive powers, when she would throw tantrums, you know, this, that, and the other, and she had a scream that could shatter a wall and you know, the pearl that we know is shocked. She's, what are you talking about? She was a, she was a healer. She was a protector, destructive powers, you know? So it seems like when she developed emotionally that pink sort of was able to gain better control over that and made a choice not to utilize her more like destructive and combative powers um, and to utilize other stuff that she had but those are exactly the powers that start manifesting themselves as steven sort of breaks down mentally and emotionally and it's it's almost like (laughs) it's like well now that i've gone through puberty i thought that we were we were done with all of the discovering new powers and not being able to control them thing but i guess not i guess there are a whole bunch more powers and they're also going to manifest themselves and i'm also not going to be able to control these which if anybody had sat down and told steven what puberty is like you'd be like no you're gonna have more problems not fewer problems yeah exactly with change um so steven all right so plot wise the the gist is people start to get worried there are a series of events that keep sort of exacerbating fault lines that have clearly formed in him um eventually culminating with actual corruption because of i don't know well because he he believes that he's a monster for all the issues that he's going through and so he Mm-hmm. You know, turns into one because that's how gems work. Yeah. And then everybody solves it with a hug. And I'm not being, I'm not. No, being it's, a it's a literal, actual, hug. real, true hug. <laughs> they just had to go back to like the power of hugs will save you. Yeah. And they literally poured hugs on the problem. <laughs> and, and, you know, there are obviously a lot of details that are getting skipped over. But I mean, it's essentially like. His support system comes back together to overtly show him that they are there to help. And that is enough to sort of bring him back, not solve his problem immediately, but to save him from his spiral. Yeah, it's it's like that one's I have some some thoughts about that particular i guess we should address some of the other like big points before we but i have some thoughts about that ending well yeah so i have a lot to say before that in terms of like now that the plot Mm -hmm. is is the plot is basically he devolves and then he he gets brought back by the help of his friends and family yeah but there are a lot of things that happen in God, there's so much that I could say about each individual episode, but okay. One one issue that I found particularly interesting was sort of realistically, Stephen shows this characteristic desire to. He both wants help, but also doesn't want 
people to think that there's a problem. So there's this, there's this, it, it occurs in multiple episodes where he has this, like, you, it might be because he has this, like, desire to see himself as not needing help from anybody that whenever he like starts to break down like with a cactus like he he brings a cactus to life that he basically infuses all of his angst towards the gems into and it fights all of them and then when it leaves they they say well we heard all the things this cactus said which is things that you said do you need to talk to us about anything and Steven is just like, no, no, it's fine. Just like, whatever. So he shows this sometimes where he, he tries to bring something up, but then he'll engage in massive amounts of avoidance. Um, and I think that that is particularly, I don't know. I've, I think that that is very realistic of a lot of people and their sort of like approach to their issues is like, they try to indirectly raise them, but they don't want people to worry, but yeah. they need help. And it it's, I think it's very complex. The portrayal of that is very complicated and it, it definitely, yeah, definitely f makes an impact. Yeah. And so th that happens basically after he quits doing little homeschool. And where he starts to, like, really devolve. And basically very rapidly after that, Connie's like, there's something wrong. Well, actually, no. Right after that is when he fucking proposes to Connie, which is insane. Um, like, he... Basically, he is trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life and knows Connie is going to go far away from college. And he's like... He's talking to Ruby about it, and Ruby suggests that he propose and tells him to go talk to Sapphire about it. And Sapphire's like, yes, absolutely do it, because they're insane. And so he proposes to Connie, and she's like, no, I'm 16 years old. You know, it's like I, she says, I want to spend my life with you, which is also crazy, but okay, fine, I'll suspend my disbelief. Um, and, but that I also want to be an independent person and like, that's just, no, we're not, we're not doing this, which is correct. Um, which leads to like Steven getting to have like a very nice and tender moment with Garnet. Um, and sh she gives him this advice. She says, um, your soulmate is your compliment, not your missing piece. Whatever the hole is in your life, no one will fill it for you. Um, and that is really excellent advice uh, that Stephen does not take. Um, so this is the issue. Like, there, there are two big conflicts psychologically, as far as I can tell. The first conflict is past trauma that is becoming exacerbated because of puberty and, and development into a teenager and, and, and eventually into an adult. And then the second is loss of identity or identity conflict. And identity conflict is something that tends to happen a lot for teenagers in general. So it's not a surprise. Maybe the thing that Steven is having conflict about is a little unreasonable, but it's not something that is 
outside of teenager land. So we've got these two different forces that like very quickly begin to exacerbate each other or intermingle with each other and it becomes like this big mess. So like the identity conflict is who am I? Big question. Steven's identity to this point has been wrapped up in his support system and his status as a savior. So those are two big things, right? He, for all intents and purposes, has always been a person who's fixed problems. And this kind of goes back to something I wanted to say earlier, but it wasn't the right time, right? Steven had been dealt a lot of traumas, but I feel like something that tends to happen to people whose entire life is about conflict is their identity becomes wrapped up in conflict. So these people struggle during peacetime they struggle when there's not a fight to fight um especially if they're the helper type and people don't need help anymore so like what what is what is a person to do who's always dedicated themselves to others that suddenly other people don't need them anymore and that what should be a normal time for a person like Steven to work out that conflict because I don't think it's unreasonable for you to not wrap your identity up in helping people. Like, I think it's a reasonable thing to do because it's a major part of your life. But you need time to kind of pull that apart and find new identity focuses during peacetime. Like, Steven doesn't get the opportunity to do that, just that, right? So he mostly has to deal with that because his system kind of starts to fall apart. So there's a threat. He doesn't just get to do it. There's a threat that causes him to do it. And then, of course, his past trauma starts to manifest in in his life. So it, it would be great if he had had a little bit of help from people i don't know i kind of felt at the beginning people did kind of not really help him find an identity outside of helping them like i don't know that kind of sound like some people would say that's a little bit unreasonable i guess but like i don't know like so much of who he was was helping others that nobody really considered very strongly like how much of his self concept was wrapped up in his relationship with other people like to an unhealthy degree he was never really allowed to be his own person in any way he was always pink diamond or his mother's son or one of the crystal gems or like integrated into beach city and everybody kind of starts to drift apart. And it's like, nobody has put any thought into where that leaves room for this very vulnerable person. And I don't know whether I consider it a failure of his support system for them to have not at least thought about that. I think that it's like, whether or not it's a failure, I think it's realistic because I think that that is often the case with children um, and with teenagers 
is that when there are big changes in you know the circumstances of the child of the young person the adults don't really think about needing to like explicitly say like let's help you figure out you know who you are in this new context because the adults are like well that's life like you know like as an adult like part of what part of what being an adult is and realize is is the understanding that like things constantly change and you just kind of like you adapt and you roll with it as an adult you've done that many many times before whereas as a child or as a teenager you might not ever have had to do it before so for example like so here's a relatively trivial one. I had like a complete fucking breakdown on the last day of fifth grade. I lost it. The, and like, no, like everyone had been talking about like, oh, you're transitioning to sixth grade. You guys are, you know, like moving on to middle school, but only just in that kind of superficial way or about learning to get ready for like changing classes or whatever. And, and none of the adults, like it, teachers, parents, anybody seemed to really think about the fact that like, this is like a massive change. Like it does, it's not just a change in environment for these kids, because this change in environment like represents like a change in in their identity for kids of this age. And for some of them, that might be hard. And we need to like explicitly discuss that with them and like prepare to help them with with that specific thing you know I think and I have like lots of other examples of times that things like that happened in my life and just like I really just don't think adults think about it we just are like yeah okay like you go you go you move to a new place and you fill a different role in that new place and you adapt to it that's what you do in life and Children aren't the same way, you know? The show makes it seem like the reason he's responding so poorly is because of, like, an exaggerated stress response. Essentially, like, they, I mean, they give a pretty cut-and-dry version of post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, there's actually an episode where they go over the medical model of, of that particular problem, but uh, I'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> they... I, I I just it's it hmm his identity more than a child like if regular children struggle with this it, it kind of feels like the others would just hopefully understand that like because of all the stuff he's had to do and go through this conflict would have been exacerbated for him but I think it's pretty realistic that they didn't that they didn't know like everybody was so focused on what they had going on that like the only reason they would have known is if Steven had said something and we all saw how averse he was to creating a problem because his identity was so wrapped up in not he's the fixer fixers don't bring up their problems to people mm -hmm. like that's such a problematic identity to have because it's completely self effacing and and just like prevents you from seeking help when you need it so this poor kid like i guess what i'm trying to say is that his trauma isn't just stresses induced upon him 
like his the roles that he had to take have taught him problematic ways of behaving normally during peacetime Mm -hmm. as a person Mm -hmm. and that's like kind of tragic and is clearly like exacerbated as he tries to become a person as a teenager like everything has to be harder for him because of this and I don't I guess I can't say people made mistakes but I feel like I was always like people should be pushing harder to like like I just wanted the gems to be like no something is clearly wrong it is okay that it is wrong but we should we need to talk about it I just wanted people to be firm like if there's any problem the people in his lives pay him too much deference yeah I kind of like this is to like skip forward a little bit but I kind of have the opposite feeling with it because basically in the end, you know, Connie tells them all like, you know, this isn't about you. We all need to be there for Steven. You know, Steven's always been there for us and we need to be there for him, which is true. But like the whole solution to everything is just that they're like, we're here for you. But the thing is, literally everyone in his life constantly, repeatedly has been telling him, we're here for you. We're here for you. Do you want to talk about this? I really think that we should talk about this. And even even he'll sometimes seek them out, but always the end result is that he lashes out or decides that they're at fault or lies or just refuses to engage and completely avoids. So it's like, well, I guess this is like the intervention version of of we're here for you at this point. You know, it's like, like, I guess this is an intervention. This is all of us sitting down there sitting down and saying, like, you're going to let us be here for you or whatever. And that's what he needed. But like, that was kind of a thing for me. I was like, well, you guys let him know that you were there over and over and over again. You all tried things to help him and he refused. Like he was completely avoidant. He lashed out. He became aggressive. He refused to allow you to help him. You know, and at a certain point, if someone doesn't want to allow themselves to be helped, what exactly are you supposed to do, you know? Yeah, I guess my my, my idea was, like, every time they try to be there for him, it's wishy-washy. Not wishy-washy in the sense that they, they're, they're kind of like, oh, I don't want, I, I'm here for you, but I don't want to be. But um, for me, personally, if somebody sort of, like, left a door open and they're like you know is anything wrong there's this there is this pressure to say no everything is okay even when it's not um but what about like the times that the gems would say the gems explicitly said steven what's happening you have to talk to us about this you need to come in here and talk to us about this and he freaked out and ran away they Oh, man, I guess <laughs> a part of me is like they backed off. <laughs> but they didn't. He literally ran away. <laughs> like, that is, they were saying like, Stephen, calm down and talk to us. And he ran away and didn't come back for like three days. That is true. But then they just kind of drop it. Like, I don't know. Like they should have escalated to like, dude, you should see a therapist or something. I don't know. I I guess I kind of. 
I kind of don't agree because like the series of events right there were like, Stephen, what the fuck is going on? You need to talk to us about it. He runs away to God knows where for three days, comes back. They're like, what is happening? And he's like, I'm going to Homeworld. Leave me alone. Don't follow me. And then he comes back from Homeworld and turns into a monster. <laughs> you yeah. Know? A part of me maybe just responds that way because I want to believe that there was some way to prevent that series of events. Like... I don't think there always is. Like, and I have spent a lot of time, like, I struggle with mental illness myself. I've spent a significant amount of time with people who struggle with very serious mental illness. And quite a few of those people didn't, they didn't, at the time, at the moment, at the time, they didn't want to be better. They didn't want to get better. They didn't want help. They weren't in the right place to do it yet. And all they did was, lash out and refuse and avoid and make things difficult at a certain point like you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves you know and i and i the number i i've said that line so many times to people <laughs> whether i was teaching about mental health or just in my personal life and then there's this other part of me that's like well shit if i can find the right way to say it Mm -hmm. Or if I were direct enough or if I were forceful enough, right? It's sort of like that response to powerlessness is to rationalize it and try to plan. And like, if I could find the right way, it's like, cause you'd like the alternative is like sort of the harsh idea that you have to let somebody hit rock bottom. You have to let, like, there's, there's a point at like, you can try, like, it doesn't always have to be that way. But sometimes there are people and times and situations where, like, you just have to let them hit their breaking point, you know? Yeah. Because it's, it's like, it became clear to me over the course of this series that, like, Stephen wanted to hate himself. Like, he hated himself. He wanted to hate himself. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to deal with it, actually. Is he... He thought he wanted to deal with it but he didn't um he wanted to hate himself and that's why he wouldn't allow anybody to help him yeah it's just so hard like i uh <laughs> bundle of snakes i you know it it seems like they i guess the time to try to have helped with some of this would have been in the past when it was happening like way 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 earlier basically yeah and i also don't blame them for not though now however there is one thing that like so when steven when connie first says to steven this is a problem she takes him to her mom to you know run physical tests to find out what happens and basically she takes an x-ray of his body and it's covered in fractures that she says we're all like basically instantly healed, but that it doesn't really matter that his physical body is fine because like, holy shit, look at everything that you've been through. And she also asks him, who is your usual doctor? And he says, I've never been to a doctor. And she's like, I'll have a talk with your father later about that and that's something that we brought up during the original series which is like greg should really insist more yeah on certain things you there, know 
I, I think there is like this is part of the show taking responsibility for itself like as much as i like greg as a person um there's a whole bunch of stuff i i, I do want to get back to greg but i do want to say that they do a great job that episode does two things i really love number one connie is such an adult <laughs> I know, right? Like, she had this very intense emotional experience with Steven proposing to her and then is chill about it and still just, like, cares about him. And then second is they do, they lay out, like, a laundry list of all of his traumas that I feel like the original show just didn't do. Like, as everything was happening, is like, the episode wrapped up and it's fine. But, But Steven is like, well, I got crushed i got trapped on like in a bubble in space and i almost suffocated and i and like this person got shattered and i killed this person and they just like goes through literally everything that has ever happened to him and you're just like good this is what we need to see like you you gotta yeah. see what happened to this person um i feel like that was kind of like i know that this is a cartoon but think about these things if they happen to a real person yeah. Of course, this person is massively traumatized. And mm-hmm. then they, they they talk about sort of like a mechanism behind PTSD, which is nice. Um, just like exaggerated stress responses in the body that treat every little threat as a threat to your life. Which is like a, a model of PTSD that is an actual model. So like they disseminate some good information there too, which was nice. Yeah, and they talk about, like, the, like, adverse childhood experiences, like, inventory, essentially, like, the concept that, like, bad things that happened to you when you were a child can affect, like, all of your development, including, like, your physical body, you know? Yeah, that part especially, that's some, uh, that's some, like, recent science, too. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah. they were pretty... They were pretty good about disseminating truthful info about childhood trauma. It almost mm-hmm. kind of felt like this is sort of becoming an infomercial, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of a PSA. <laughs> which, you know, which is good. Like, yeah. not, not enough people probably consider that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But so to Greg's to Greg, though, like because that's the first person Steven truly like really gets mad about. Like he lashes out at the diamonds and directly or the the gems, but not so Greg the faces, yeah. Greg has a very natural response to authoritarian parents, which is to become a permissive parent. Um mm-hmm. right, so his parents were super strict, so he wants to give his kids freedom, right? People usually either become like their parents or the opposite of their parents. So Greg's response is, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but is is a standard, predictable response. And and Stephen can't really understand it because of his childhood. But Greg's response makes sense in the context of a normal human life. And Stephen gets really mad at him. And I think some of it is fair. Like, never taking him to a doctor is irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, okay, on the other side, Stephen is a gem. Like, he doesn't seem to get sick or hurt the same way people do. So, 
I, if the gems took stewardship of Steven, I can kind of see that being a hard line to walk. Greg still should have taken him to a doctor. But yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about. It's like, well, and like the way Greg defends himself, it's like you weren't you're not a normal kid. But like we talked about in earlier episodes that it's like Stephen probably should have gone to school. You know, Greg should have insisted on Stephen going to school. Yeah, so so I I think some like Stephen and Stephen, like a teenager getting mad at their parent is a totally normal totally normal response to to growing up yes um so i i but the, the issue like steven you know his anger is justified in some ways but mm-hmm. pretending that greg is like the one at fault for everything that's wrong with his life which is also oh my god it's, it's fucking i can hear simple plan in the background how could this happen to me? God. I made my mistakes. Um, like a teenager treating their parent like they're the singular cause for all their problems in life mm-hmm. is just exacerbated by Steven's trauma. So Yeah, it's like basically what's happening here is he's like, I'm having problems and I don't know why. And then Dr. Mahesh Warren is like, have you considered maybe that it's because a profound amount of fucked up shit has happened to you? And he's like, no, it's not me. It's the children who are wrong. <laughs> you know, basically <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, Hmm, like, let me consider that for five minutes. That makes sense. But you know what? I'd rather not. Uh, I think it's my dad's fault for not raising me in a super traditional home. That sounds right. <laughs> Well, and see, that's like, got, so I just got done teaching Freud in personality. So I'm like, my head is all up in those defense mechanism spaces. And like, I, there's not great science behind a lot of them. But there are a couple things that Steven does that I'm just like, oh, uh, taking all of his negative impulses and, and putting them into gardening like, that's just sublimation. He's just sublimating his anger and angst and problems with his friends onto these plants that he's named Lars and Sadie. And he's saying how they'll never leave him um, like super Freudian um, or with his Yeah, dad. he immediately gets called out on that. The gems are like, uh, dude, that's not healthy. And he's like, whatever, it's fine. And like... Uh, with his dad, he's displacing all of his anger onto his father. Like he's displacing mm-hmm. all of these negative impulses about all this other stuff. And how Oedipal. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to kill his father, and he certainly doesn't want to have sexual relations with his mother that he is. Oh my god. Never mind. I'm not gonna say it. But you know where my mind instantly went. Um mm. But we're not going to talk about that. So, yeah, Stephen is he's it, it, it was interesting to me sort of just in a literary sense that he's using all of these anxiety displacement mechanisms that mm. like you would talk about if you were talking about psychoanalysis. Um, yeah. And the reason that he breaks down is because those defense mechanisms fall apart like they don't mm-hmm. work. So they're they're inadequate to the task. Yes. It's too big. It's too much. 
So, yeah, basically as a result of him being like, no, dad, I hate you. You should have forced me to, like, live in a house and have a curfew and eat meatloaf every week. Um, he fucking crashes the van, like, wrecks the van. Um, and so following that, obviously, he's immediately sat down by the gems. They're like, what the fuck is going on? You crashed the van with Greg inside it. You did this, you did that. What is happening? We need to discuss this. And he's like, no, absolutely not. And he starts freaking out. And they're like, no, seriously, please calm down. We need to talk about this. And he runs out of the house, like literally runs away and goes to hang out with Jasper, like in the woods. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so he he goes through sort of like a standard anime arc. Or like he broods yes. in the woods and he fights and that's how he he tries to fix things and you know he does the thing where people who are hurt hurt people hurt people. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I know. <laughs> but he he accidentally shatters Jasper, which is just like a new trauma to add on to the pile. Oh, I accidentally murdered someone. Good thing I can bring people back to life. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh. um... It, I mean, it, it's sort of just like watching a train wreck in slow motion, which is why... Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's, like, it's horrifying, because what he does is he immediately runs home and, like, brings her back to life without explaining anything, and everyone's like, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on? You can't leave and not come back for multiple days. Like, we had no idea where you were. What is happening? What is happening? And then he's immediately like, everyone leave me alone. I'm going to Homeworld. Don't follow me. It's just like, it's just like, this is the point where we're like, the, the train is crashing. Like, the train is crashing. It is barreling forward. Nothing can be done. It's just going, you know, like, it's moving very quickly, right? Um, Interesting. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. This brings up the diamonds. Mm -hmm. So the diamonds' powers have changed because their emotional states have changed. Um, blue makes people happy with clouds. Which I feel like has to be That's a, like, yeah, it's got to be like Xanax. Like, because Xanax know, is like, right? people describe being on a benzo as being on like a cloud. And, and Xanax is blue if it's <laughs> like non-generic. So they come in like what blue bars. So it, it's one of those things where I'm just like, this is a metaphor very thinly veiled for drugs. <laughs> and um. Yellow is sort of like a metaphor for cosmetic surgery, <laughs> I guess. Um, so yellow can change people's physical forms. Blue can change their emotional states. White's the most interesting and also the most fucked up because basically she reverses her power where instead of taking control of people she allows people to take control of her and she lets steven do that and steven just like immediately abuses that power he has a break like mm -hmm. i he kind of he no he has a psychotic break because his sense of self is like shattered mm -hmm. in that moment and like all of like he 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 views himself and white 
as reverse. So he, like, his sense of personhood gets reversed, and he, like, basically tries to shatter her because he's like, well, I'm just going to turn all this, this is all your fault, so I'm going to hurt you. And it really freaks both of them out. And, yeah. Um, he, like, runs away. Again, he again, again runs away. This is like the third or fourth time that he's literally just run away. Like a part of me, God, a part of me wonders if just like maybe they should have like chained him down. But then I'm just like, no, <laughs> that would have helped. Like just yeah. like, stop him and force him to just like calm the fuck down for a second. Because that's basically what they do in the end, essentially, because it's like, OK, so he comes back and everyone's like, seriously, what the fuck? And then he just starts with like logaria, like just saying like all of the things, revealing that he like shattered Jasper, you know, and all of that. And guess like just like basically immediately turns into a monster. Yeah. You know? He um, like literally says, like, I'm a monster and turns into a monster. <laughs> I do like what they do, though, where everybody watches like he's a monster and everybody starts like freaking out about how it's their fault. Yes, I do really that was like, a kind of a cool moment. Yeah. I do really like that because people do that a lot where mm -hmm. like uh, this is something that people who care do a lot. And, mm -hmm. and they like they recognize how they contributed to a person's problems, but they like make it about them like they they let their guilt wrest control of their attention away from the person who needs the help by like making it about them it's like oh i did this to you which might rationally have merit but nonetheless is like not the point in the moment yeah like, you feeling guilty and expressing that guilt is not yeah. what's going to fix this person. If if you should do anything, you should apologize, like, make a legitimate apology. And that there's, like, a time and place for that. And that time is not when a person is in the middle of, like, a break. Yeah, and it's something that's actually can be very challenging not to do if you're the kind of person who cares. Now, some people do it in a manipulative way, but I think that most people are generally good people. Most people aren't out to intentionally manipulate others. So people do it a lot, and it's mostly because, like, they care and they feel bad that they did something that hurt someone else. Well, you know, but it's like it's really it's very challenging to remember, like, wait, like by like getting so emotional about this, like my contribution to the problem right now, I'm making it about me when that's not what it's about. You know, there, there's a time and a place in a in a specific way that apologies can be healing, but that is not the time. Like, yeah. Unless, un, okay, this is a really weird, unless the situation has been you have denied your involvement forever and, like, in the mm -hmm. middle of a crisis, you're like, wait, no, this is my fault. Like, yeah. that's the only situation I could see that being helpful. Like, yeah. you 
suddenly for the first time express your contribution and that mm-hmm. was like a serious reason a person is freaking out that yeah. i could see being helpful but every other time you making it about you in the middle of a crisis is not the point yeah there's a time and a place and a structure for that kind of healing and and mm-hmm. leave it for then yeah yeah exactly Exactly. So, like, that's a good moment. And basically, Connie, who is a superhero, um, like, brings everyone back to Earth. She's like, that's not the fucking point right now. Like, he need like, he's spent so much time, like, being there for everyone else. He really needs us to be there for him. And so that's when they literally hug him into submission. Not a joke. Giant monster hug goes down in the shallows of the ocean. Well, okay, so I think part of they all have they all come to an awareness of how his world is changing that wasn't there before. And they express that they'll always be a part of that. So they help somewhat with the the precipitating factor of the crisis in that his like he feels like he's losing his support system. So they yeah. do address that by explicitly stating ways in which they will continue to be a part of that even if their lives are also changing that should have been said way sooner yeah i guess like what they do that's different here is that they all like basically they all explicitly identify with him like you know um garnet says like you know you were there for me when i fell apart and i'll always be here for you and Amethyst says, I know what it's like. Sometimes you never you'll feel like you're never going to like yourself, but it gets better. And, you know, it got better for me. And Pearl says, I know what it's like to have to hide a part of yourself and you should never have to hide anything from me. So they all like explicitly identify with parts of what's going on with him. Whereas before they've just been like, I am here for you or like this particular like more tangible immediate issue here's some advice about that or said you must talk to us about whatever's going on or whatever you know they just sort of like explicitly identified yeah and and i've been the the reality stands that they hug him back (laughs) um including the cluster the cluster puts its arm up from within the earth and participates in the hug uh, so it's, it's just very silly. It is Saturday morning special. Oh, yeah. Esque. But I don't know if there was a way for them to do it otherwise. And get everybody in a scene. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it. It, it if you sort of look at it as a metaphor <laughs> for a person support system coming together as like a strong web then it looks a little bit less hokey sure yeah definitely um and then he cries a lot and um then we fast forward like several months and basically the idea is just like he's been getting the support that he needs or whatever and he's decided to like drive around the country and visit all 50 states and hopefully at the end decide like a place where he'd like to settle down and live and so there's this all this like 
striking out on your own, like coming of age, like wide open spaces, like classic stuff. Um, And it's fine and it's nice and it's well executed. But still the whole time I'm just like, he's 16 years old. Uh, he no, doesn't... I know. At the very what? end, you're... <laughs> like, why does he have to like, okay, yes, he feels like he needs to forge his own path. Fine, whatever. Take a fucking pottery class. Yeah, he's, I'm sorry, he's too young to do it in this particular way. He needs to wait at least two years. Like, he, he, why can't he just travel and come back? Like, why does he have to run around? Like, okay, having a home base, having a place that you feel like is a home can be very important when you're going through tumultuous changes in identity and physicality. And it just kind of feels like they're setting him up to feel really alone and listless. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know what makes me feel like I have a community traveling around the United States alone and feeling like I have to choose where I'm going to live for the rest of my young life yeah like they're setting him up to chris mccandless himself what Who, into the wild christopher oh, McCandless? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah sorry you know get lost in the woods, woods and accidentally die from like eating the wrong kind of plant oh shit no i didn't know that oh yeah oh he died it's a true story and also the end of into the wild <laughs> oh yeah oh. i learned something today do you, have you never seen Into the Wild? No. Oh, it's really good. You should watch it. Okay. <laughs> I, I will. But yeah, <laughs> like, I, he, he's going, okay, so he's doing, I do like that he's traveling to see people. Yeah, that is nice how he's like, these are the people that I'm going to like meet up with along the way or whatever. It's like, but you don't have to like decide that you need to forge your own path and then like sell all of your stuff and move into your car and go on like one extended trip to visit the entire country intending to find some place to move to for forever at the end of it you could have just gone on a trip to rhode island to see sadie and chef with their show you could have just done that and then come home and then done several other separate trips you know yeah it i i just i don't they're just he uh, I feel like what his family has done is they've come together for this crisis and then they've basically like they're giving him a large amount of self-determination which is important but there still need to be boundaries. Yeah. Everyone has always done a really bad job at like recognizing that Steven is a child. And it's interesting because, like, as a consequence of that, he has been both, like, really immature and really overly mature in different ways. So it's like, you know, when he was younger, he was, like, he was 14 years old. But in terms of the way that he, like, behaved interpersonally, he behaved more like an eight-year-old. But in terms of his emotional awareness, he was, like, hyper-experienced. 
And now as a teenager, in terms of his like commitment to like work and doing things and ability to like organize and do those things, he's extremely mature. But then he also does things like propose to someone who like maybe isn't even officially his girlfriend when they're 16 year old years old, just because he doesn't know what he's doing with his life, which is really immature, even for a 16 year old, you know, and so no one in his life like has ever managed that they have never remembered properly like and it's a problem with both greg's permissive parenting and the gems like greg was very permissive he gave steven a lot of freedom and almost no boundaries and even though he's like a sensitive guy who's good at being there for his son emotionally that still can lead to issues and the gems don't know what human children are like so no one has ever like given him like in in education they call it scaffolding no one has ever given him any scaffolding and so now he's like i think i should just go out on my own and everyone's like that sounds good to me yeah like oh i need to do something new okay son why don't i suggest you get your ged or why don't you like go take a financial business like financial health class or why don't you Mm -hmm. like go create a giant garden not for unhealthy reasons like i don't there there are so many steps between i'm not gonna let you do anything and okay i guess i'll let you travel around the world on your own with like no guidance honestly if someone called cps they might intervene like honestly like steven is a minor child like he should not be doing this yeah that's the the it's crazy like his gemness doesn't give him emotional maturity like it makes exactly like which it's been made very clear in the last 19 episodes that they, they does not do that like physically he's capable of surviving just about anything but mentally he just doesn't have the necessary i just i i i felt bittersweet at the end because it's like oh it's the end of the show and everybody's happy and but in the back of my head i'm just like god i hope this guy doesn't just go like Dahmer, like just like go nuts on the road and like freak out yeah dude it's just like i that's a thing that's what really but like i was having a hard time focusing on the like you know, classic coming of age themes about striking out on your own or whatever, because I was just distracted by the fact that he's 16. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like this, okay, this feels like a moment where artistic whims overtook realistic writing. You could have decided, they could have decided that he was 18 now, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, They decided to leave him 16 explicitly. If they had just said two years have passed, he's gone to a little bit of school, he's like found purposes around town, and now he's feeling like he would like to grow a little bit. I would have been like, cool, sounds great. Yeah. That feels okay to me this feels really pretty like two months after he turns into a monster he's ready to leave 
Absolutely not. No. Nobody's trauma's over in two months. Come Sorry, on. Sorry, son. You're institutionalized now. You can't go anywhere. You know, like. I like I said, I feel like they really wanted to have this beautiful artistic image of him leaving and traveling. And that just overcame. They just didn't. The writers like really like on the road and don't realize that like actually on the road is like incredibly heart wrenching. Yeah, like no, like nomadic lifestyles work if you're traveling with a caravan. But if you're traveling alone, you've just got like this brooding, you know, it can feel freeing, but it can be very isolating. Yeah. And it's bizarre because like everybody else what it is that they do, like, they all have new things that they're doing centered around, like, a new skill or a new hobby that they're doing with other people. You know, like, Sadie has a new partner and she's continuing to make music with them. Lars initially um, was operating a bakery and decides that he and the off-colors would like to do some travel in space together again because it's something that he's done before and he came home and he tried other different things for a while um for several years um and uh fucking um what's her jenny is making jackets for phones you know like everybody's like doing these new things and new skills and new hobbies and things like that and but like what steven decides to do is still not any of those things it's like if you still feel listless and you don't know what's going on in your life you don't need to like it just feels like more running away you know it's like you know you could you could try getting your ged you could try um you know one of the gems operates lars's bakery now you could go get a job there and learn to bake You can, uh, like, do they let you go to culinary school without a high school degree? I don't know. Try that, baby. You liked cooking in the past. Like, any number of things that you can do. Like, oh, you feel like you need space? Get an apartment. Get a fucking apartment in in Beach City or whatever, you know? Like, it's just like, you don't have to just go live in your car for an indeterminate amount of time. (laughs) I wouldn't even suggest most adults do that. Like traveling. Because it's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling the world to see the like many beautiful national parks our country has to offer. Go for it. Like you want a road trip for a month or two. Like if you can afford it, I'm not going to bat an eye. But like if you're like, no, I'm going to like just travel and see where I'm going to like sow my wild oats. Generally, you know, it's like I've known many people who lived like a semi-nomadic lifestyle. Like, my aunt and uncle did it. They lived in a fifth wheel for, like, seven years. But, like, what they did was, like, they were together and also with their dogs and had a fifth wheel that they lived in. Um, And what they did was they always had a plan for which park they were going to and would work at that park seasonally and have that set up. Like, it it was, like, planned and it wasn't just, like, out of a car, you know? Well, and part of it is, like, (laughs) Stephen has his dad's money. Yeah, that's true. Like, so I assume that's how he's financing his travels is his dad is just giving him rich person money. Lottery money. (laughs) Lest we forget that because like his and his dad moves into his old room. Be an adult. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just like get your own house, dude. Why is he so dedicated to like living like a homeless person? (laughs) 
I don't know. We talked we've talked about Greg before though. Yeah, but like yeah, I just like I'm like I don't this is super romanticized. Like don't children please don't do this. Like all of Steven Universe is so full of like really good messages for children about like dealing with interpersonal relationships and things like that. And it comes to the very very end and it's like, "Hey kids, do something completely fucking insane." Do something that is really not a good idea. Yeah. Kids are going to walk and be like, Mom, Dad, I'm mad at you. I want to go on the road forever. Yeah, it's like, guys, like... That's like, how we... Please, please read less on the road. Like, read some other books. <laughs> this is how we get, like, the plot to Homecoming minus, like, the abandonment. I don't think I know that. Did you ever read Homecoming? No. no. It was one of those middle school reading list books. Oh, okay. Um, it's about children trying to, like, scrounge their way around to a, a family member after their mom abandons them. Um, oh, God. But it, it's mostly about, like, traveling on the road and stuff as kids. Um, so. Yeah, it's like, okay, Steven, like, remember when you were a kid and you liked the No Homeboys, which is the boxcar children, essentially. And so you decided to do No Homeboys for a while and you did it for like eight hours and that was enough. Well, I understand that now you're 16 and you've just read either On the Road or Into the Wild. And so now that sounds like it's cool. It's going to be the same thing. You're going to be tired of it after like a couple of days. Well, and maybe he will, because so... As we wrap up here, I feel like that's sort of like the weird message is like so much of it is good. But what is up with these final notes just not hitting? I know well. it's so weird. It's like they don't stick the landing. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they wobble. Like empire is not important. Family is important. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you should always be changing. Any calm is bad. And with this, it's like, I'm in a 16-year-old travel on the road alone. Like, come on. Their endings just, I'm realizing that, like, it's a consistent issue with me that they're having. Um, so Rebecca Sugar is Because, set. like, honestly, you know what it is? They're really, really navel-gazy. Like, it's, like, in, in, a, in a big way, it's very, like, it's a pretty solipsistic show. It's all about, like, one's own feelings. And when all you think about is, like, feelings, 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 my feelings, your feelings, my feelings about your feelings, your feelings about my feelings about your feelings. And that's all that it is. Like, where do you, where do you go from there? Because there's no, there's no end to navel gazing. Like, it's cyclical. And so... There's, like, no way to, like, escape from it. You know? It's just, like, it, it, it leads you to, like, really weird places. Wow, you sound like one of those alt-writers, Paige. Feelings. Are, like, feelings, feelings. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not being serious in any way. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I agree. I, I do. Mm -hmm. I think... Well, and think about, like, the aesthetic of the show. It's pastel colors with beautiful stars. And this is, like, the emotional yeah. version of that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, painting over it with a pastel. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, 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 Rebecca Sugar has said that she's not opposed to coming back to, to Steven Universe. She, 
She's like, I want to give my team like time to heal and rest because everybody's like done with this. And like I have ideas if it comes to be available, but I haven't dedicated to anything. So this may not be the last we see, but the only way I can imagine a, a show is like. It's got to be at least a Korra-esque show. Like, yeah, I was like about to say, I'm like, they should do like basically the the Avatar version and basically show like a mid 30s Steven being a bad dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. I would fucking die. Just like being exactly the way that he is, but like the ways in which like that can actually hurt people, you know? Holy shit. This is the grungy, like, adult, like your childhood's terrible thing that I fucking need in my life. Like, Rebecca yeah. Sugar, don't be a coward. Steven Universe <laughs> is a bad dad. That's your pitch. He and, he and Connie are having marital problems because they decided that they wanted to be together forever when they were 13 years old. Oh, my God. Man, that would that could be such a painful show. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's still Steven Universe, so it should all work out in the end. Like, he and Connie should stay married and not get a divorce, and he should, like, you know, like, still have, like, you know, like, okay relationships with his kids, despite being, like, constantly fucking up. But, like, it should definitely show it's like, okay, when you decide you want to be with someone forever when you're 13 years old and you then do that, you have marital problems, you know? Or, like, when you, like are so sensitive to the degree that you're like constantly like <clears throat> ruminating on every issue. Like when you have a lot of trauma that you refuse to ever like really truly fully deal with, like you always act like briefly dealing with it as a solution, but you also constantly ruminate on everything. And also because of your identity issues, you force everyone to like process their feelings. their like most deep feelings constantly that's going to have some challenges for your children if you're trying to parent. Okay, either that or just like full on space opera. There's Ooh, yeah. there's two ways that this could Spin go. Enough about Lars. <laughs> well, yeah, there, I feel like either you do like the sort of like emotional family view that you've suggested, which would be very on brand and like probably more likely. But honestly, I could like fall in love with no, like he's going to go fucking fight in space and we're going to talk about like the deaths of species and like it's going to be like, well, I say this because we know how anime the show has been and we know yeah. she has a love for anime. So I'm just like, turn it into a fucking anime. Don't Cartoon Network, you cowards. Let anime <laughs> make flourish. a space opera, make a fucking <laughs> space opera about steven universe go ham like show actual blood that isn't like coming out of a person's nose and i i will fall in love with you all over again oh man probably won't happen but we can dream no <laughs> yeah i mean like but generally okay like was it entertaining like yeah um kind of painful but like entertaining you know i okay i would watch original steven universe if i wanted to have fun i would watch this if i wanted to process my feelings yeah yeah 
Yeah, that, I, yeah, I agree. Um, which is not always fun. So, <laughs> like, in a way, I feel like they have kind of cemented a divide between Future and the original show. Like, they're not the same. And I... I don't I I can imagine a lot of people not watching Future again. There are some yeah. really funny episodes, but as a whole. Yeah. I just don't know if a lot of people will watch them again once they've seen it once. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't know. It's like pretty pretty intense. <laughs> like I don't I don't know that that's what I really am looking for right now, you know. Um, don't know how often I'll go back and rewatch that one. Um, but like still good, you know, like all the musical numbers are great. Really great. Yeah. Like animation looks so good. They got a so ton good. Of, they got a lot of budget. The animation oh, yeah. is like all it's it's basically all on the level of the movie for the most part. Yeah. So h- high quality in a lot of ways, despite the 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 issues discussed yeah definitely um i would still recommend watching it it's a nice wrap up to the series uh in general um you know puts puts a little little cherry on it right a cherry that's a bit sour yeah very extremely sour cherry on top (laughs) yeah but you know it, it it is a nice compliment to the sweetness of the original yeah, definitely. Definitely. It can be saccharin, so having a little a little acid to offset it, I guess is uh guess is helpful. <laughs> Somebody's read salt, fat, acid heat or whatever it is. is yeah, I just like I just like to cook. I haven't read that actually. I just like to cook. <laughs> um, but I what are we moving on to next for people to look forward to? So we are going to do a season that acts in complement to the season where we essentially go through a list of other shows that follow the shows that we talked about were contemporary or were contemporaneous that many of which we have not watched ourselves that people argue are in this same kind of tradition are part of this anime renaissance are part of a, a continued wave of really high quality animation entertainment basically so i think that we're going to probably be kicking it off with scooby-doo mystery incorporated and then we'll move through a variety of other shows in this ilk so this is a great opportunity that if you have something that you're like this show is so good you guys really should watch it and talk about it it totally fits into this now is the time. Please tell us. Some people may be shocked, shocked, I tell you, to hear a Scooby-Doo show on the list. But I shit you not. I've wa- I, I, I remember watching it back when it originally ran, just like a couple of episodes. And I was constantly um, very entertained. Yeah, definitely. So it, it, I think it'll be, it's always really nice to see an old dry show revitalized in a really interesting in way. a way that's like i've like i have watched it before several years ago but like it's really it's like really respectfully done so i think that you guys are really going to enjoy it if you choose to watch along um or even just to listen to us talk about it 
Yeah. So that ends. Whew. Uh, multi at this point, a multi year. Yeah. Right. Because of COVID and, and everything, just like a multi year project of sort mm-hmm. of like the original big shows that created the modern era. We only covered five shows. And it's just like there was just like so much content in them and so much going on in the outside world that it's taken us like 18 months to do it. Like contrast that with fucking Animaniacs and it's just insane. Like it really puts into focus how hard some people work and then versus how like how smart other people work <laughs> like work smart not yeah hard. definitely yeah like animaniacs has like 150 episodes and we spent like 45 minutes being like i don't know this is really mediocre i don't really care for it <laughs> like it makes me feel bad that like a lot of people worked very hard on that show and we're so little we were very dismissive of animaniacs i only watched like 10 episodes (laughs) and and like maybe we should have put a little more effort in but we had to save our chops for yeah these so i had a lot of fun it was definitely more of a project than i originally envisioned it being definitely yeah i did not realize we were gonna have to spend like Literally, we talked about Adventure Time, so probably the same as Steven Universe at this point. You could literally spend an entire workday listening to us talk about Adventure Time. We talked about Adventure Time for like eight hours, maybe more. I have a, a, a deep, dark desire to teach a course on the philosophy of Adventure Time. And just oh my like, God, do it. That's just like the class is like watching adventure time and reading philosophy or God, like if liter- you still like literature that in like the the show informs or the 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 philosophy informs the show dude if you were still at knox they would definitely let you teach that as a first year precept i know but <laughs> i i i definitely don't know if i could teach you where i'm at now but one day we'll see. Um, yeah. Anyway, it has been fun, but definitely a lot of work. Oh yeah, definitely. You would think that you would think that it's not that much work, but it actually it is. It's it's a lot of work because you have to pay attention to these shows if you're gonna like. Mm-hmm. You have to really pay attention. None none of it is it like I I have a lot of TV running in the background a lot. Yeah, and this stuff was like no, I had to watch it. Yes, yes, I had the same I had the same experience that like only rarely could I like have this stuff on in the background. I had to like actually set aside time to watch it. So early, early adventure time was easy, but everything after that was just like, nope, this needs your full attention because the references will fly really fast in literally everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it was worth it because they are amazing shows and definitely really deserve, excellent. Yeah, definitely deserve the effort. So, so I, um, we hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. But we get to move on to new things. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think that wraps us up. What do you think? I am finished. Yeah. So. Uh, if you would like to talk to us on social media, perhaps recommend a show, 
We can be found at all of the places as usual. Facebook as Animates Podcast, Twitter at Animates, and Gmail, animates at gmail.com. That is the numeral eight instead of the letters A-T. Please, if it's not too much trouble, could you please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast? It will help other people find the show. We also have a Patreon that we use to cover our operating expenses that we do post occasional sporadic bonus content on if that's something that you're interested in. We can also be found there as Animates Podcast. I have been Paige. And I've been Chris. And this has been Animates.